Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm Ben Glickson yeah. with my tag team partner, Matt Story. I'm not sure we're allowed to say Super Bowl. I think there's a rule that we're actually not, and we're supposed to call it the big game. <laughs> well, we don't, we don't uh, commercially benefit from this, so I think we're okay. That's true. We absolutely do not benefit at all. Um, <laughs> but if we were in advertising, then, then we might be in trouble. Yeah. Um, so we are somewhere between seven and 12 hours from the game actually starting. Yeah. Um, Matt, what do you think is going to happen today? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm obviously, you know, I'm hoping for the Rams to win. Um, uh, you know, not because I'm a huge Rams fan necessarily, but, uh, I don't hate them. I mean, you know, I, I like the Rams fine. Um, but obviously I do not like the Patriots. So, um, you know, I, I guess history would tell you that based on, you know, the, the large sample of Patriots Super Bowls, it should be a really good game. Uh, I mean, every one of them has come down to the end. Uh, you know, one went to OT. The, you know, most of them have come down to the last snap. It seems like either a you know, game-winning field goal or a, a Hail Mary into the end zone or whatever it is. So um, you, you'd expect drama just based on their history. The uh, the last time these teams met in the Super Bowl, twenty to seventeen, Patriots victory. Um, yeah, a game winning field goal. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the on the very last snap that that uh, we watched um, right across from your residence, I believe, at, at uh, old Jesse Martin's house, seventeen years ago today. Uh, that is entirely accurate. Um, you know, I don't think this game will be as low scoring as that one. I'd be surprised. Yeah, what was that? Twenty to seventeen yeah. was the final. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be a surprise given given one that the NFL has changed since then, um, and and two, you've got two pretty good offenses. We, you know, we talked about it before the conference title games. It was the top four offenses from the regular season were in it, and not so. I, I don't know where these teams rank, but obviously they were in the top four. So you'd expect some points and and production. And you know, last year's game was certainly kind of a that almost turned into arena football where it felt like, you know, just up and down. Uh, I think there were, you know, one or two punts total in last year's game uh, could be similar to that. It seems like the key guys are healthy both ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, Gronkowski's yeah, been few. a full participant. Gurley's been a full participant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, some guys who obviously were with the team earlier this year, are the, you know, Josh Gordon, Cooper Cup, you know, but yeah, I mean, from, from the start of the playoffs, basically, this is, this is a, you know, pretty full roster. There's no, you know, some Super Bowls have that like injury drama. Who are they? Are this guy going to play? And, you know, this, this one has not really had any storylines to that effect. And no one got arrested last night from, you no, know, I've seen no, so far. No, no, uh, no Barrett Robbins or Eugene Robinson or anything like that. Yeah. Which, good. You know, good for Atlanta. Way to, right, way to not true. do that's anything yeah. too crazy <laughs> yeah, as a city. The, the last Super Bowl in Atlanta did have its fair share of off-field drama. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, I, I'll say this. I mean, you know, talking about the game and maybe some of these things we're talking about is why. Um, I feel like this Super Bowl is almost kind of lacking in story. Do, do you agree with that? Like, maybe... Maybe it's because it's the Patriots again, um, but there just doesn't, you know, aside from like, oh, yeah, it's the Super Bowl, there's not a lot of underlying stories that are compelling here. No, I mean, the one that seemed to me to get the most play was that McVeigh and Edelman played against each other in college. Right, um, right, which is kind of like, you know, interesting. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's lacked the um, – the big thing, and, and not every Super Bowl has it, but sometimes it's, like I said, it's an injury drama. Is this guy going to play or not? Uh, sometimes it's, you know, is this is this guy going to retire? I mean, you know, Peyton Manning three years ago. Uh, and there was some whispers to that effect, but it seems like that drama was sucked out, you know, and no one really seems to think that this is Brady's last game or Belichick's last game. Um, and, and is, so is Gronkowski the most likely Patriot to retire this offseason? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I suppose, you know, you consider that he, he apparently came close to it last year. But, you know, are we uh, – I always kind of wonder. I mean, eventually he will. But, you know, once once a guy sort of like debates it and comes back, it's like, well, okay, are we headed for Brett Favre, Larry Fitzgerald? Um, you 
et cetera, et cetera, territory where it's like, yeah, I think I might be done. Oh, no, I'm going to come back again. And then we do this every year. Um, so I'm, I'm not even believing that necessarily on him. All right. I'm picking the Rams 34-28. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Rams as well. Like last last week, didn't we both say we were, you know, leaning toward Patriots? Uh, well, it's, we yeah, our, well, now it's we who I want to win as much as into the Rams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to go Rams. I'm going to go uh, uh, 31-24. So one thing that happens during Super Bowl weekend is the NFL Hall of Fame announcement yeah. happens. And ASU coach Sean Mawai is in. Kevin. Kevin. Sorry, Kevin Moy. Sean Laval is my con- – that was – sorry, Kevin Moy. <laughs> I was going to say, who is Sean Moy? There you go. No. Okay. I was thinking yes. Sean Laval. Okay. ASU. I don't think he'll get into the I don't think he will yeah. either. I mean, he's still playing, which is kind of surprising. So, okay, yeah. yes, you're right. Kevin, Ke- Kevin, Kevin Moy, though, yes. is in for sure. Yes, um, he is. And the other interesting note is the number of Herm Edwards-related players – yeah, something yeah, you pointed you know, out. Uh, yeah, I mean, it it, uh, it kind of dawned on me. I mean, obviously, I, I associated Mawai, you know, and I heard he got in. I'm like, oh, it's cool. He's he's a not a full time assistant for us, but a you know an analyst or whatever. And uh, so that's very cool to see him associated. And you know, knew he was tied to Edwards. And actually, I was looking up for my own you know selfish interest, thinking, okay, did I you know how many of these guys did I see play? And I was looking up Ty Law and, you know, reading where he played. And it's like, oh, he played for the Jets and and then the Chiefs. And, you know, it specifically said, you know, he went to the Chiefs, you know, played for Herm Edwards again. Um, and then, you know, I texted you about that and realized, wow, Tony Gonzalez obviously played for the Chiefs with, with Edwards, too. So, I mean, look, not that, not that Herm Edwards is the reason these three guys are in the Hall of Fame. I don't want to get carried away. I mean, Tony Gonzalez was a great player long before Herm Edwards coached him. And after Ty Law, you know, had his greatest run with the Patriots, uh, Mawai, you know, was great with the Jets before Edwards. But nonetheless, to have him, you know, have coached three Hall of Famers is a, you know, is a pretty unique stat. I mean, how many how many coaches can say that from one class? He was the head coach for three different Hall of Fame guys. Yeah, the fact that he did it all in one class is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, three of the five modern era guys played for him as a head coach, either with, with KC, the Jets, or both. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's it's uh, it's good. You know, I mean, obviously, look, not many college coaches have NFL coaching background, and so, you know, it's it's not really an apples-to-apples comparison, but how many how many college coaches can say they've, you know, been a head coach for three Hall of Famers? Not very many, I would think. Um, so, you know, unique, and, and certainly having Mawai on the staff, I mean, that should – should be some good um, promotion come August. You well, if you want you know, if you want to try to compete with Stanford for big O linemen, right? You right. Know. You know, I mean, like you, you gotta you gotta get that message out there. You gotta get it out there now, and you gotta get it out there in August when he's you know getting inducted, and it's the it's the start of you know practice time, and you know get that story out there. Ah, uh, Kevin, why is he away from practice? Well, why is he away from practice? Well, he's he's being inducted into the pro football hall of fame like ah that's pretty good you know well, you I mean, parlay that with herm is missing practice because he's watching three former players be inducted right right I mean, yeah, honestly which, depending on schedule you know they should get herm to canton you know get him in the game i mean i don't expect him to be giving the speech or anything but you know get him there like you know be in be in the seat be on tv you know this is this is the type of stuff you got to get out there and on that issue of getting the news out uh, ASU social media late to the party, but does acknowledge Mawai getting in. Yeah, um, yeah. I have a not surprised it wasn't immediate. Yeah, but, well, yeah. And, and I've not seen anything about Herm coaching three no. guys. No, I, Gonzalez and, and Law. And again, I mean, maybe. I would I would give them a little bit of credit for perspective, except social media is not about perspective. You know, maybe that's a little bit like, well, okay, do we do we really want to you know act like Herm Edwards is responsible for three Hall of Fame careers? And again, I'm not suggesting that. Uh, I mean, you know, these guys would have been in the Hall of Fame whether they played for Herm Edwards or not. But it's still pretty unique, and I don't think, off the top of my head, that anybody else, you know, of this class 
any other coaches associated, you know, with, with three or more of them? I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't obviously gone through and done it. Maybe there is as, a, as an assistant or something. But, you know, pretty unique to have, have coached three different Hall of Famers, three different positions, um, you know, a corner, a tight end, a center, uh, you know, like that's something that you should at least be drumming up. Like, hey, look at look at this. Look at the experience this guy has. He knows what it takes to be great at the highest level, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, and at this point, you're, you're thinking you've got that as the primary marketing for Herm. We're going to become an NFL right. factory. We're, right. We know what it takes to That's make what you it. you want. Well, yeah. doesn't this just fall right into that? It should. It certainly should, yeah. And, and I mean, no doubt, Mawai is the one you want to you know hang your hat on the most because not only does he, you know, associated with Herm, but he's, uh, you know, he's an assistant coach here. Uh, I know there was some thought and maybe still is that he's, you know, going to be the offensive line coach when Dave Christensen retires, which I had heard would, would be, you know, one year, obviously it's not, I guess Christensen's coming back for next year too, but, um, you know, I think they're keeping him in line for that. So yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't do much better than that when it comes to a recruiting pitch to say, Hey, you know, we got a, we got a guy who's going to coach you who knows how to be, you know, one of the greatest ever. If you're in the Hall of Fame, you're one of the greatest ever to do it. Uh, Alex Marvez, by the way, from Sirius XM NFL Radio, uh, yeah. tweeted that the Chiefs made a run at hiring Antonio Pierce away from ASU to be their linebackers coach. Really? Uh, but Pierce has decided to stay at ASU. Mm, you know, interesting. I heard that. Yeah. With the yeah. recruiting job he's done, there is a chance that he could become, you know, a Louisiana Lafayette level head coaching sure, candidate sure, for a California sure. school. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to have other opportunities. There's no doubt if he continues to have success, that again is is the price of success. We've talked about that many times in relation to ASU and other places. I mean, you know, you, you uh, if you're going to be good, you're going to have people who want your guys and uh, you know, but but I'd like that he stayed so far. Obviously, it's only been one year. You'd like to have him, you know, set a foundation of a little bit more than one year before taking off. Uh, if he gets an opportunity to be a head coach or an NFL defensive coordinator or something like that, and that's that's hard to turn down. Uh, it's hard to say he should turn down. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. Um, maybe the you know long term plan is for him to have something here. Uh, you know, again, you and I have discussed Herm's not a long-term guy, you wouldn't think. So is is he a guy who could eventually be a coach in waiting if it's not Danny Gonzalez who's been talked about that way too? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, you know, a lot of unknowns with that, I guess. Well, and, and one guy or the other can get impatient and then... Sure. You know. It might open the door for the other. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, I mean, obviously he's not going to be the coordinator here as long as Gonzalez is here. He's done well um, and, and you know, did well the first year at least, I should say. So, who knows? But I, I hadn't heard that. It's not it's not surprising, though. I mean, if, um, like I said, you know, you have success, you have the background that he's got. He played in the NFL for so many years. You're yeah. going to have opportunities both played in college and in the NFL. Yeah, played in the Super Bowl. Right, right. Well, you know, one, one, one. Was he part of both? Might have been. Part, he was. Was he on the 2011 team too for the Giants? I don't. I don't know. I don't was know. he in Washington? I, I thought he might have been in Washington by then. He might have been. I, I don't know. I know he was on the 07 team that won here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I know he was. He got one. Let's see. I'm looking it up here. Uh, Tony Pierce. You and I no. are great at radio. <laughs> <laughs> his career was over in 09 so no he was not he retired retired July 8th 2010 and became an analyst for ESPN he was with Washington before the Giants I guess huh well that's where his career started I didn't realize that I don't I guess I just don't know anything and okay. I'm okay with that well he was on the 07 team so nonetheless yeah, he, he played in and started for a Super Bowl champion so yeah I mean he's he's gonna have and, and he's got you know broadcast backgrounds he's He's going to have NFL opportunities if he wants them. I'm sure this is not the last one. Speaking of guys who might have different coaching opportunities depending on how things go, Bobby Hurley beat the Wildcats for the first time. Yeah, and the Hurley yeah. family beat Sean Miller for the first time. 
that's right. Yes, over the hump. Finally, um, it took uh, took a little bit more than I I felt like it should have, just because in some ways we played really well in that game offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you had told me we'd score, you know, eighty three points in regulation, I would have thought we won easily. Um, but yeah, they you know our defense left something to be desired. Our, our end of game execution left something to be desired, but. A win is a win, and, and uh, we're 6-3 and three at the halfway mark. Not a bad spot to be in. ASU wound up, the stat that to me is most important, ASU wound up shooting 74.3% from the line. Which, yeah, not bad. Which is surprisingly good for this team. Um, right. It's been better the last couple weeks. I mean, that, that USC loss, one of the things that, that you know stung the most about that was we were 22 of 25 at the line, uh, but we missed the one that mattered the most. Um, and it you know, ended up contributing to losing the game but you know the last couple weeks since the terrible start there that Oregon weekend was not very good at all um but you know then not not too bad since then for ASU uh Zylan Cheatham and Remy Martin both played at least 40 minutes uh Dort played 39 and fouled out uh but Cheatham had 11 points and 22 of ASU's 38 rebounds yeah Um, yeah yeah and I, I think had something like seven rebounds in the overtime. Yeah, yeah, he was very active. Yeah, I mean, he, he uh, and, and played good defense um, at times. Well, you when know, they moved were... him to uh, guarding... Coleman. Yeah, when they put him on yeah. Coleman and switched up the defense to have him, you know, because they were, they were just pick and rolling uh, to get White onto Coleman all the time. Right, and right. And when they did that... It was working. You know, at least then we had someone so White wasn't having to worry about sprinting back because, you know, right. Cheatham can guard bigs, but he was able to yeah. hang with Coleman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his versatility is big. You know, like you said, he can guard inside or out. Um, you know, we, we saw in the Kansas game, uh, you know, that putting him on, on Lawson was a change of pace. And that's, you know, a power forward center type player. And then in this game, it was the opposite, putting him on the point guard. So, yeah, he's he's a vital player to this team. I mean, uh, you know, Remy Martin had a great game. And, and, you know, certainly those two played the biggest role in this win. Um, you know, Rob Edwards had a good first half, uh, you know, made some big shots, kind of kind of went a little quieter in the second half. But, uh, you know, those those two were definitely the MVPs of getting this win. Martin wound up with, uh, 31 points on 8 of 14 shooting, but he was 5 of 7 from 3 and 10 of 12 at the line. His three-pointers of the five, two off the top of my head were ridiculous. One, when the yeah. shot clock did not reset, yes. and Hurley, yes. you know, depending on wh- what you believe, Hurley either said shot clock or shoot <laughs> it, and yeah. Martin yeah. just turned around and launched a three and hit it. it. With about four seconds on the clock, didn't have to rush it, but it went in, yeah. And then uh, the other one in the second half when, you know, it just became heat check mode for a little yeah. bit for him. Uh, yeah. Dribbling across the uh, the top of the arc and just stopping and drilling a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he definitely, he has some shots. I read, I can't remember who it was. I read somebody on Twitter that, you know, he definitely specializes in the, you know, the no, 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 yes shots because, you know, there's shots he takes that you're thinking, ah, what is that? And then it goes in and you're like, oh, yeah, that worked great. Uh, The one against Kansas that proved to be the game winner, uh, you know, I remember him taking that shot, you know, in real time and, and, you know, for that split second thinking, ah, that's not a great shot. And then it goes in, like, oh, okay, well, it went in. So good for you and good for us that it went in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he he had a a good night. He's he's been – uh, you know, in our wins, he's been pretty good, and in the losses, not as good. I mean, you can see how how important he is because when he plays well, we tend to win, um, and when he's off, it's hard for us to win. ASU, as you said, has improved to six and three in the conference, fifteen and six overall, but they trail the Huskies by three games with a yeah. chance to make up only one of those directly. They host Washington right. on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna you know get to the top of the regular season standings, we gotta sweep this weekend. I mean, first of all, you gotta beat Washington State, I mean, regardless of getting to the you know that's just the Washington State game here and the Cal game here um, at you know later in February. Those are must, must, must wins. You cannot lose those games because you know you're gonna have to find a way to win 
probably six or seven more, I think, to feel good about your chances going into the conference tournament. You got to have those two. Um, but yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna catch up to Washington, who's nine and zero, and and really aside from that Oregon game, hasn't hasn't really been you know threatened with a loss yet. Um, they, they you got to beat them. I mean, you just you have to, and you probably. I mean, I hate to say it, but you almost need Washington to, to get swept this weekend because uh, their schedule the rest of the way isn't that hard. They still got Washington State. They still got a Stanford Cal weekend. They get Oregon, Oregon State at home. I mean, it, it looks like a schedule that is set up for them to get to probably, you know, 15 and 3, 14 and 4 pretty easily. Yeah. And, and look, ASU, it would be a huge accomplishment even to finish second. But yeah. this was one for the taking, and the three losses. I mean, it felt that yeah. way. It did. Now, if Washington ends up going, you know, sixteen and two or fifteen and three, well, then you kind of have to look at that a little different and say, man, they they were really good. You know, like they're nine and zero. You can't be any better than nine and zero. Uh, you know, right now. So it, it felt like the conference was there for the taking. You know, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe this team is the best and. Who knows? I mean, I, I'm I'm still hopeful we can make a run at that number one spot for the regular season. But my my realistic thought is, okay, we went six and three the first half. I think we need to duplicate that, if not, do it a little bit better. If we can get to the end of the year twelve and six, that put us at twenty one and nine. Twenty one overall. I think that also probably will put us in the top four, which gets us that first day by in the conference tournament. So that's significant. Um, and gives us a reasonable argument. I mean, it, it's perilous, but I think it would give us a decent chance to get in. Right now, we are in a three-way tie for second with Oregon State and USC, yeah. a game ahead of three other schools, Arizona, UCLA, right. and Utah. Um, it's going to be an interesting stretch run here. And Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, and, and backloaded with road games. You know, uh, we, we played, uh, you know, five of the first nine and now seven of the first 11 at home, which means that five of the last seven are on the road. So yeah. we've got to we got to win some road games. You know, I mean, we beat UCLA, and that was good. And we should have beat USC. We had that game, you know, on the free throw line there, a chance to go up three and, and you know, have a real good chance to win. So if we can play like that the rest of the way on the road, then I think we, you know, can, can win three or four of those five. And, and if we can win, you know, three or, three or all four at home, which we should win at least three. I mean, you got to win at least three. Got to beat Washington State. Got to beat Cal. And I think you got to beat Stanford. Stanford's not a particularly good team. Um, the Washington game is okay. We'll see. But you know, again, you get you get three of the four home games. You get three of the five road games. You've gone six and three, and you've given yourself a reasonable shot. I'm curious. You know, the Bubble Watch articles all have us firmly planted on the bubble. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm curious if we, you know, lose to Washington at home, lose at Arizona, and mm-hmm. you know, one other game that's not Washington Oregon, State, Oregon State or Cal, something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. What what that does to us, but you know, one thing that I've noticed is a lot of people have gotten on board with the put up or shut up year. Um, in this year four for Hurley, it's all his guys, mm-hmm. it's his system. Mm-hmm. You know, the Arizona win is big. The Kansas it win is, is big. Yeah. Um, when you yeah. listen yeah. to a national broadcast of people who don't really follow the team that closely, you would think that we're a, we're a shoe in for the tournament. Yeah, um, yeah, but we're not. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's there's a there's a perception out there still of you know program on the rise and you know Bobby Hurley's doing amazing things and that's good I mean I'm, I'm happy that's the perception but soon enough the substance has to start matching the perception and and you know I'm not saying it, it hasn't but you know it you need to think got it you gotta yeah and you, and you really you know I think you need to make the tournament this year I think missing the tournament this year uh, is is going to feel like a disappointment and it should I mean that Again, if you're going to be a big-time program, missing the tournament any year should feel like a disappointment. And that's what he wants to build here. That's what it seemed like has been building here the last couple of years. And you got to do it. And it's there for you. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're in good shape right now. 
but we got to keep going. You know, 15 and six is not a lock by any means. So we got to, we got to get to probably 21, 22 wins to get in. Um, knowing that the conference isn't very good either, knowing that we've missed some opportunities to get wins we should have. I mean, the, the Princeton loss and the Utah loss are probably the ones that loom the largest home games against teams that aren't particularly good. We, you know, those are two wins we should have had. I, I always remember the 2008 year when we when we missed the tournament. Probably should have got in, but you know we lost to Cal and Washington at home when they weren't very good. Neither one was very good. Uh, you know we win both of those games. The bubble doesn't matter to us. We're in as probably a nine seed. Uh, you know you can't lose games like that. And I hope Princeton and Utah aren't you know that all over again. We're gonna stop here for anyone who wants. Sports and not sports entertainment talk. We've, we've covered the things we were going to cover, but last time we recorded, we alluded to Matt going to the Royal Rumble. Yes. I have uh, rented the Royal Rumble and watched it in its entirety, although not the pre show because that just seems like. Uh, yeah, it was, it was long. Um, Let me say that. It was about seven hours total, so I don't blame you for skipping the two hour pre show. So, what time did you arrive? At Chase Field. Got there a little after three. And and what time did you get out of Chase Field? Uh, right about ten. So that's a you had yourself a day. Yeah, it was it was long. It was very long. Um, it's uh, it was a good show. I mean, I I really I thought it was it was pretty well booked for the most part. Um, and certainly the Rumble matches keep you interested because of the format. You know, they, they're hour long each, you know, I think the men's one was 58 minutes, the women's was 72, which was a little long. They could have shortened that a bit. Um, but it keeps you interested because every 90 seconds, approximately, sometimes 60, sometimes 120, thereabouts, somebody else is coming out. So, you know, it, it's better than for WrestleMania, for example. I think that would be a harder show to get through because the matches can be long and you're just kind of slogging through the Royal rumble matches at least have a, a quick pace to them. So I'm going to give my first general thought about okay. the Royal rumble format. Um, I love the Royal rumble format. I don't yes. like that. The rule becomes feet hit the floor. If you get thrown so far out of the ring that you land on the <laughs> security guardrail, you're out, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, you know, they, they have uh, this, you know, it's a classic example of can you top this, basically. You know, it started a few years ago with, I think it was Kofi Kingston did the memorable spot of, like, you know, keeping himself alive by either, like, I can't remember what the first one was. And now it's every year they got to top it and other people do the same thing. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I'll also I don't say love, this. If love you that. Stand I also on the love... guard, If you stand on the guardrail, you should be out. I agree. Because I agree. you're I now sta- – like it, it's feet touch the ground, but if you're outside of the ring and your feet are touching the furthest Something. down you can touch, yeah. you should be out. I get you. I get you. I mean I, I I see what you're saying and I don't disagree, but you know, it's a, it's a way to have some like in-match drama because uh, the, the tricky part about a Royal Rumble – and certainly more so for the women's this year, but even for the men's is, you know, realistically, there's probably only a handful of winners. Uh, you know, I mean, the women this year, you pretty much knew there was only two people who could win. The men, eh, maybe three to five. Um, there's other stars, but you know, they're probably not going to win the rumble and get a main event. So you got to keep things interesting. And that's, that's a formula they've, they've struck on. Like, you know, and for the mid-match kind of lull there when you're at entries number 10 to 20 and you haven't really, you're, you're past the initial excitement, you haven't gotten to the final stages yet, you know, you do the dramatic, can he keep himself alive, can she keep herself alive, it works. Yeah, I mean, when, uh, in the men's side, when they caught each other, um, right. you know. Kingston and Woods. Yeah, like, yes. that was... That was funny. Like that was like a funny, neat thing. Um, you know. Let, okay, so let's talk about the matches. Um, okay. I so I didn't start until the women's SmackDown Championship where Becky Lynch lost. Um, Which was the first match of the main card. Yeah. So before that, there was a fatal four way that I don't. I I honestly don't know who any of the people are. 
to cruiserweights. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was, an, I don't, I don't follow them. I mean, they have their own show and, and so I don't watch it. So I don't really know who they are. I mean, it, it was a match that had some, some good spots. I mean, they, they do put on a decent show, but they don't have really anything built up. So yeah, it, it lacked any real zip to it. Um, but in the women's matches, the you know the first women's match was Asuka beating Becky. The second one was yep. Ronda beating Sasha Banks. I thought yes. both of them were good match matches. Like, yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah, I was I was surprised uh, at the time that Becky Lynch lost clean. I kept waiting for some type of swerve, either like a DQ, a countout, uh, interference, something like that. Because I didn't think they'd have her. I thought she'd lose, or at least not win the title. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't think she'd, you know, clean tap it out. Uh, it was a good match, though. I mean, those two put on a good match. Um, uh, the Rousey Banks was a little bit different um, because, you know, Rousey's not a, a lifelong wrestler. So her, but she does a pretty good job, I will say. I mean, for being new at this, uh, she has, you know, and, and being overpushed, and, and she certainly has. I don't think there's any dispute about that. I mean, they've pushed her super hard. Um, she has held her own with pretty good wrestlers. So my question for you is not about the matches. I was unaware because I don't follow it as close as I probably yeah. should. I was unaware until this that there's a four horsewomen, like the four horsewomen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. I think that's great. They're um, building it up. So they, they haven't really used it much on the main roster, but they're they're certainly setting up for down the road because they've got the four former UFC women now, Rousey, uh, Shayna Baszler, who's in NXT, and then there's two others. I honestly don't know their names. Um, and, and But, yeah, I mean, these are the NXT women that kind of kind of came on the scene when they started to get more serious about women's wrestling, which, as a side note, the first two and a half hours of that main show was three, you know, three women's matches and a tag team match. And that, you know, in three years ago, that would have been unheard of. I mean, you would have had fans, you know, like running for the concession stands if you did that much women's wrestling, you know, in a row. But they have really done a good job of building up the women's division. And those four, Lynch, Flair, Bailey, and Banks, are kind of, the, you know, they were the stars at that level. They've each gotten to the main roster and had varying degrees of success. And certainly Lynch has become, you know, the hottest thing going right now in, in all of pro wrestling, really. Um, so yeah, it's, they're, they're building up to something, whether it's a survivor series type showdown or something like that. You could tell they're laying the groundwork for that. Yeah. Well, so I, I did a little digging after I heard about this Yeah. and apparently on raw <laughs> this week or SmackDown this week, mm-hmm. uh, Becky came out yeah. to say something to Rousey while Rousey was, was in the, in the ring, ring with Bailey, and yeah. she threw up the four at Bailey yes. as she walked to the ring. Yes, which Banks did, you know, after the match mm-hmm. to Rousey, and so yeah, they're they're setting it up. You know, I mean, it it, it won't happen yet, but yeah, they're they're definitely laying the groundwork for it. Though they did have the Rumble, the women's Rumble match, end with Charlotte and Becky. Right, um, who have who they're building a, a good rivalry between, but you know wrestling, it's uh, you know one one thing to the next, and you know they they hate each other one month, and six months later they'll be best friends, and then six months after that they'll hate each other again. So it's kind of soap opera ish, uh, and that's what makes it good. I mean let yeah. let's just let's just put our cards on the table here. We both know this is fake. We yes. both get it. We both realize this is entertainment. There's sports element to it. I mean, there yeah, is there's athleticism, athleticism and, you know, and yeah, you know, there's a, you the know, risk of injury and there's, right, you know, right. Yeah. But I mean, they're telling a not, story. They, they're telling right. a, a good versus evil type yeah, of exactly. story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's and what some, makes it interesting. Yeah. It's, it's no different than watching a TV show from week to week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, it's scripted. Yeah. You know that, uh, the end result of what's going to happen on, you know, the wire has already been determined. Well, wrestling's the same way. Um, you know, it's, it's different, but it's the same type of thing. People, I don't think can, can reconcile that sometimes, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're building the Charlotte Becky thing. And they have been for a while because that was really, that was the moment that launched Becky Lynch was the SummerSlam when she lost to Charlotte and, and, you know, turned on her, they tried to make her a heel. It completely, you know, the fans totally rejected the idea of her being a heel, and she has become, like I said, the, the hottest thing going. I mean, 
that that was the you know some of the biggest reactions of the night was Becky Lynch, um, especially when she was the surprise last entrant in the Royal Rumble. Well, and that also goes to my um, my other point when it, you know it's scripted and it's good versus evil, but it's but it's not quite. It's not as pure as it be, used to be because no, you know, no. and and starting with Austin, really. Right. You you You're have right. this where they just reject the premise because the fans right. like the person too much. It's like, oh no, yeah. we're yeah. yeah, okay, you can t- you can yell at us, you can do whatever. You, we support you, right? You know, yeah. I mean, and, the and days goes, of, of Hulk Hogan versus evil, you know, uh, Iron Sheik. Those those days are over. Uh, I mean, you know, that was that was how it was in the eighties. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the nineties brought Austin, they brought the NWO, and they brought DX. And all of those did heelish things, but got over and, and fans loved it. And there's, you know, there's no going back from that, you know? And so there's always kind of that gray area now. Um, one thing, you know, when we talk about the men's Royal Rumble, the opening with uh, Elias, who I know you're, yes. a, you're a fan of. <laughs> I was, uh, that was fun. He, uh, I mean, not necessarily a fan of him as a wrestler. He's, he's just an average wrestler. But the gimmick works, yeah. and and uh, yeah, that's half the battle in pro wrestling. Now he took a shot at the Diamondbacks in he his did, speech, which was and, hilarious. And the thing was, the crowd seemed to be like, "Yeah, yeah, we're bad." I loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they uh, they found it funny, and I laughed. I mean, he's he's right. Yeah, the last time the Diamondbacks had forty eight thousand people there. Now, caveat: there probably wasn't forty eight thousand people there, but still, a pretty darn good and crowd. The can, upper deck was. Well, so. and you can put people on the field during okay. that, which exactly. you can't yeah. do during a yeah. real. I mean, yeah. a, a note here, you know, they had they closed off the outfield, and the outfield was originally open. Um, my seats were supposed to be in the outfield, and we got moved to behind home plate because they closed off, you know, the entire left and right field section. So they didn't sell as many seats as they uh, thought they were going to. But nonetheless, a good line um, that I, I think was supposed to draw booze, but instead – you know, I mean, I think you, 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 the other thing too, is for a big pay-per-view like that, you get a lot of people from out of town. I mean, that, you know, there's, there was a ton of people there from other places. Well, I'm sure LA, San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a TV show, that line might've gotten more booze if he did it at raw when you get, you know, a lot of people just from the city. Um, I mean, one of the, you know, thing that kind of helped get him over the moment that got him over was when they went to Seattle and in his song, he said something about how ridiculous it was that, you know, no one would ever think a pro basketball team should play here. And that, you know, the crowd just turned on him completely and just like 10 minutes of loud booing. They would not stop jeering him. I mean, that was that was the moment that kind of pushed him to a new level. So he's done that before. But in that venue, I think, yeah, it was greeted more with like, yeah, that's true and funny. Yeah. Yeah, they don't draw well. That's like making that joke in Tampa Bay. Like, a, right, yeah, exactly. we all know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's right. You know, the, I haven't seen the upper deck that full, uh, you know, since they've been in the playoffs, basically. And really, that's it. When they're in the playoffs, they usually sell it out. That's that's about it now. So the, the two men's championship matches, uh, Daniel Bryan over AJ Styles, which is another yeah. one where they kind of want people to be against what Daniel Bryan's doing. Um, but I guess on Tuesday he changed the belt around. He did, <laughs> yes. And, a, and people like on the internet loved organic it. Hemp. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he's playing the role very well. Like they've taken his real life persona, which is you know environmentalist, vegan, and and made it into extreme. Um, you know, having him you know preach to everybody, and uh, it's it's been very effective because. They needed to do something to get people to boo him because people like him. They're trained to like him. And it's it's worked fairly well because, you know, he has – I mean, he's getting he's getting the love for being a good heel, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in his, in his championship match, he won by virtue of cheating, and that's always a good, good way to get people good old to heelish. hate him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. Referee bump. Uh, he's knocked out for a couple minutes. He misses the fact that Styles clearly has the pin, 
And then here comes the big evil guy to choke slam Styles while the referee is still sort of knocked out. And then there's Daniel Bryan. But he Classic just wakes up just in time to watch. Just in time to kind of slowly count the three while he's still injured and, you know, just kind of coming back to his senses. Uh, yeah, it, that match really suffered from the placement. Uh, I don't know if it was obvious in watching it, but certainly in the stands, they did it right after the Women's Royal Rumble. And again, you know, mm-hmm. what a what a change in times three years ago. You never would have guessed that, you know, a long women's match would, would suck the energy from the crowd before the WWE title match. But it did. Uh, that was a really long match. People start, you know, people need bathroom breaks. They go to the concession stand. And that, that Styles-Brian match didn't have any crowd atmosphere at all. Yeah, an odd thing to be the popcorn match. It really was, yeah. I mean, and I think any match would have struggled in that, but that was almost probably the worst match to put there because Styles and Brian, they're both really good, you know, technical wrestlers, but that's not the type of stuff that, you know, gets the the casual fan to jump out of their seats. Um, And so you knew it was going to be kind of a long, technical grappling match, like, the Lesnar match would have probably worked better in that spot because Lesnar attracts a reaction. People hate him. People love him. Well, and he, um, and, and but, he did what I had heard people expected him to do, which was just throw Finn Balor around. Yes, uh, because, but he sold for Balor too. Yeah. Like oh, he, at the beginning know, was, when you know the when one Balor of, attacked, and yeah. that was a good match. Like well, they, and that's, they paced that out well. It was well crafted. I thought. Well, and as a as a wrestling fan uh, from long ago. It is the kind of thing that Balor did, where you're like, "Yeah, go get him," because you know right. you realize if right. you if he if you let him get momentum at all, right, right. It was it was good storytelling, you know the 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 little engine that could taking on the big behemoth and and you know holding his own and using you know using his aggression against him and blah 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 and you know threw him into the table and had him slowed down had a chance to win now if you really believe he was going to win you don't follow wrestling much but you know it, it was they built it well at least and then you know lesnar got the win out of like desperation on the submission holding i thought they booked that match well the styles Bryan match was one it was too long and two, it should have been in a different spot on the card. It, you know, it should have been before the Women's Rumble. Uh, it would have gotten a better reaction then, I think. Would you want to flip that with The Miz and Shane McMahon? Maybe. Maybe. That, would have, that might have been better. Because, again, Shane draws a reaction. Shane's an unusual spectacle. He always does a high-flying spot. You know, you knew Styles Bryan. Styles Bryan is more the type of match that would be loved in NXT. 30 minutes of guys just going at it, you know, technical, you know, NXT stuff that works. But in WWE, it's different. It's more about the entertainment value. Yeah. Um, so the men's rumble and the women's rumble had one thing in common, which was a wrestler who was supposed to participate. Right. Did not. Similar, uh, I mean, similar Be- ideas. Becky yeah. got in yeah. because Lana had hurt herself in the pre-show, which I, in the pre-show, I missed, but apparently she a, hurt her ankle. A sad ankle injury that just uh, really, you know, tongue firmly planted in cheek. Came out of nowhere. Certainly did not see it coming when she got up on the ropes and started arguing with Nakamura that somehow she'd take a bump. I didn't see that coming at all, but she did. And, uh, oh, man, tragedy. Very difficult for Rusev to concentrate after that. Yeah, so he, of course, lost. He did, uh, he did, yeah. And then she draws not even the final spot in the Rumble, just a no. spot in the Rumble. 28 uh, or 29 or whatever yeah. she was, yeah, close to the end, but yeah. not completely the end, yeah. She, she walks down, she can't make it, she's hobbled, and then right. Nia Jax comes and pummels her on her way to the ring right. for reasons that, you know, right. leave everyone scratching their head. Nia is not like most girls, as the song will tell you, first of all. Um, and then also is just a vicious, evil person. Even though, like, three months ago, she was a good person who was being body shamed by Alexa Bliss for being overweight. Now, she's evil again. Uh, so she then pummels uh, for no reason. Right. And then the 30th person comes in. It's over. Carmella. It's done. Right, right. And yep. then somehow, Becky... Goes and convinces Fit Finley, which I think might be an Irish thing. I don't know. Yes, I uh, think it might be. Convinces Fit Finley to just let her in at yep. 31. Yep. I honestly, I expected that to be a Stephanie McMahon spot. Because they're back to having the McMahons run the show. 
not for her to come in, but for her to come in and announce Becky Lynch as the as the substitute. Because, you know, Stephanie's no longer playing the heel lately since she's been on. Um, although she'll probably go back to it because that's what she does best. But I thought, you know, I thought we'd hear Stephanie's music come out and it would be, you know, hey, we got to have 30 entrants. Becky, you're in. I thought it would be a great way to get a McMahon pop. Yeah. But they didn't. Uh, it was a fit Finley pop. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> surprised by the execution of that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in that moment when you could see that, like, he was trying to stop her from going in at first. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the Stephanie music to come on, but it, it didn't happen that way. So then Becky comes in. She ultimately wins the Rumble. And then so fast yeah. forward to the men's Rumble. Uh, you get your immediate, you know, legend moment with Jeff Jarrett. J-E-double-F, J-A-double-R-E-double-T. That's right. And he strutted, and then he got hit with a uh, guitar. guitar. That's right. That's and, right. And apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently he and Kurt Angle have real-life beef. Uh, or Do they? Uh, from when they were at whatever the other show. I guess that would make because he was he was like the owner, the you know the the chairman, whatever of TNA, um, and Angle had a falling out there, so that does make sense. I didn't even think about that, but that's probably true. Um, but we didn't get them in the ring together because Elias Not, eliminated him, and then right. and then Angle came out. Angle know. was the surprise number four or five, I think. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. Was a good reaction for Angle. I was happy to to hear his music come on. I'll say this. You know, as we as I was somewhat disappointed by the lack of like returning legends in both. There were none in the women's. No, I was it was all it was Stratus, all NXT Arlita. people. It was all NXT for the surprises, which I I get. They're pushing NXT, and I get why. Um, but you know, for somebody like me, you know, yeah, I know some of the NXT people, but not all that many, honestly. Um, well, the the it, other woman who started with uh, Natalia, I didn't know who right. she was. No, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the very first one, um, and then there were some others that came out. Like, well, yeah, and I only I knew who NXT. Casey Catanzaro was from Ninja Warrior. Right. <laughs> I had never heard of her. I had never heard. I'd heard of Kyrie Sane, but I don't know anything about her. Um, she threw and, you know, a really were, good flying elbow, though, which I guess she is does. A finishing I mean, she's move. supposed to be really good. Again, you know, I'd heard of some of these, and, and they are supposed to be good. But yeah, there was there were no returning legends, and then there were very few. In the men's, I mean, really outside of Jarrett and Angle, I don't think there were any, were there? But, I mean, no, the, the I mean, as it went down, NXT guys. yeah, as it went down, it was a lot of NXT guys, and then, you know, a lot of just guys who I you mean, expected the guys to you be. knew were going to be in it, yeah, yeah, but you there know, was like no, seeing uh, Jinder Mahal was like, oh, okay, right, like, right, yeah. Now, I did think, and, and wisely so, they rushed the men's a little bit. They accelerated things. You had, you know, the, the Titus O'Neil was eliminated right away. Xavier Woods was eliminated right away. Gender was eliminated. You know, like, I think the women's went on too long, and I think they realized it. And then on the fly, they, they adapted and cut the men's by probably 10 minutes. The, the Titus O'Neil, to me, the funniest part was he sprinted to the, you know, down to the ring yes. and then stopped to acknowledge that he had bit it. Done it. Yeah. And and they, they played that off well because I, I thought, sure, they would just replicate it. And, and, you know, because that's what pro wrestling tends to do. Something's funny, let's do it again and again and again. Um, I thought, sure, he'd do the same spot. But I, they played it well where, like, he caught himself and then he saw Kurt Hawkins under the ring and he goes and gets him. Like, it was, that was good. They, they, uh, they mapped it out fairly well. Yeah. Speaking of under the ring, I thought the, the <laughs> random hornswoggle appeared. Hornswoggle, was yes, that was good. The crowd loved that. Yes, yes, that, I agree. That was, that was a good little spot. Yeah. Uh, the girl, I don't know her first name, but her last name was Vega, like the character right. from, uh, Street Selena Fighter. Vega. Yes. Um, yes. So they had her dress that, you know, dress like the character from Street Fighter and she wound up hiding under the ring and yes. they kept having her poke her head out and you kind of <laughs> thought like something funny would happen. And right. then when she like turned and looked over. And then he's there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was good. They, they did execute that pretty well too. I, I thought, you know, overall they did pretty good now. We haven't gotten to it yet, but I'll, I'll, I'll accelerate ahead. I did not love the Nia Jax being the, the uh, unexpected 30th entrant in the men's rumble. Uh, that was one I didn't love. I, I didn't for a couple of reasons. One, how long ago did you set this up that our truth got to be number 30? 
Um, a while. And, and, you know, and so you do all this build up, and the same right. thing happened to Carmela. Like, Carmela. Then, then she, she was in at least. Yeah, but, but then she wasn't, she wasn't actually last. the last entrant. Right, then, right. And maybe they'll use that. I don't know if they'll use that, you know, to, to build the two of them up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I expected our truth not to actually make it in. Because he's a he's a comedy character, you know. I mean, they, although the I guess he won a title him. this week, he did. Yeah, he won the U.S. title, which came out of nowhere. Um, but well, had he, he never won a gimmick, title before? Because like maybe they just owed him one. He's been maybe with tag the, titles. He's, he's been with I think he's, the WWE forever. Oh, he's been there forever. He used to be uh, K Quick was his name in the early two thousands, and then he became our truth. Yeah, so he's been there a long time, and maybe that's you know maybe that's why, but. But I, I thought that somebody was going to take his spot. I was hoping for Bray Wyatt. That would have been a great spot to bring Bray Wyatt back. R-Truth comes out, starts rapping. The lights go out. Bray Wyatt comes in, attacks him, takes his spot. Like That would have made more sense, and the crowd would have loved it. Well, if the lights had gone out and it had not been The Undertaker, I would have been disappointed. Well, I didn't think it was going to be The Undertaker, but I, I really, I mean, Bray Wyatt's supposed to be, you know, returning soon. They kept him on the shelf for months because Matt Hardy got hurt, and I thought that was the perfect spot to do it. Um, but yeah, I didn't love Nia Jax, and honestly was surprised that because they've really done, they've gone out of their way to avoid man-on-woman violence the last few years, and I was very surprised they did that. I don't know where they're going with it, or if it was a one-night-only thing. Um, but that's that's something that they haven't done a lot lately, and especially in the world today, I'm surprised they pushed that button. Well, and does it feel to you like they're trying to not acknowledge China but make Nia Jax yes. a lot like China? I mean, Nia yeah. Jax, I guess, first person ever because there's only been two women's rumbles, but to eliminate mm-hmm. someone in the men's and women's rumble. And both, right, right. Know? Yeah, I think they are. They, you know. The whole China thing is, is uh, you know, a, a, an odd dynamic there because, you know, there's obviously the, the elephant in the room is that um, well, if you, know, you Google her, something China, bad Triple shows H. up. Yeah. Well, the porn, but also the, the background with China, Triple H and then Triple H, you know, in real life, leaving China for Stephanie and the dynamic between Stephanie and China wasn't good. And, you know, obviously Stephanie is one of the huge uh, people in power there. And so is Triple H and, uh, and, and then the involvement in porn, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's a uneasy piece there and maybe not really even peace uh, about China. Of course she's dead. So there's, you know, I mean, they've kind of been able to gloss that over without her being in the news. But, I mean, the fact that she's not in the WWE Hall of Fame is kind of crazy with some of the women they've put in. Yes. Um, But it feels to me like they are setting up to have all of the things that she may or may not have accomplished. They might. Instead of being the only, at best, she will be the first. The first, yeah, yeah. You know, they could have Nia win the Intercontinental title or do something so that it's, you know— I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of feels like they're going that way. I mean, as soon as she came in, I thought, well, you know, there's no way they're actually going to have her win. Right. I'm thinking, you know, and so somebody's going to have to do something to her. And then I was I was surprised they went as far with it, though. I thought it would be kind of like a cheap elimination. Like, you know, she'd step over the ropes and then somebody would bump into her and knock her out or something. But to have, you know, Ziggler super kicker and then RKO and then Mysteria, I I didn't. I didn't expect that. I was. I was surprised, and and of course, you know, I did. I was, you know, sitting there watching it, and thinking, only in pro wrestling could you get forty thousand people to cheer when a, a man beats up a woman. But that's where we were. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things where, you know, I, the the rationale I would assume that they made, although I didn't watch Raw, um, was something like if you get in the ring. You have fair to, game. Yeah. 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 But, and, but and I still, think it's, they it's did. very, it, it feels icky. Um, yeah. I'm surprised by it. Again, I mean, back 20 years ago, it happened all the time. I mean, you know, but, but the, the culture was a different place back then, honestly. And, and I'm just uh, surprised because they've really gone out of their way, it seems like, to avoid that lately where they'll even you know they'll have women and men in the ring at the same time but the man will never ever do anything to the woman yeah the the woman might slap him or the woman might you know put him in a submission hold or something but never the other way 
And as soon as she got in, I thought, well, they, they kind of have to break that barrier, and they, they did. Aggressively. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it was, I didn't love that because, again, you know, I think your 30th entrant should be somebody you believe can win, and she wasn't going to win. That's why I didn't expect our truth to actually be the 30th entrant because I like, come on now, no one, no one's really going to believe our truth is winning the Royal Rumble and getting a title match at WrestleMania. Um, and so I, I didn't love that. I, I didn't love the whole like Rollins goes through a table and, and kind of lays on the side for 20 minutes. I know they do but, that spot all the time. Well, I and don't, I don't like I, that. I don't like that. I don't like the slide out of the ring. I think that there should be, right. you know, at least one year they should make a thing where somebody, either Stephanie or Vince or somebody, just calls them out and says, "Look, when your when your number hits zero, you've got 15 seconds to make it into the ring, and you cannot stay out of the ring for you more than 15 stay seconds. Out. You have to, get, yeah, you have to get in. I mean, again, I know why they do this because one, if you put if you put more than probably eight people in the ring at once, it just becomes a mess." And you can't really tell who's in, and you, you know, it's just it's a slog. And so you have stuff that happens outside the ring. You know, you, like I said, you go for the comedic spots like Kurt Hawkins or Zelina Vega with Hornswoggle. You know, it's a tried and true formula. But at times, it's also like, come on, now we're going to do this again. Like, just have some real life rule to it. It feels like. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm with you. I just. I mean, I, again, I I know why they do it, but I don't necessarily love it. Yeah. I just think like if they did it one year where they're like, this isn't what it is. Or you have a, you know, not that he could compete probably, but you have a legend like Shawn Michaels say, this isn't what you do. I've won two of these. That's not how this works. Yeah. 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 No, I I agree. I mean, you know, and and of course it brings the, the, brings up the question of like with, and again, I, I realize it's wrestling. You're supposed to suspend disbelief and stuff like that. But if you can just stay out of the ring, why doesn't everybody? Yeah. Like, you know, logically, if you're the number one entrant, why don't you just slide out of the ring, sit at the announce table and just say, I'm waiting until the end to come in. See you later. And then everybody else would do the same thing. And, if, you know, if everyone used logic, they'd all just stand outside the ring and wait for someone to break the ice. Yeah. Which, again, I, I get it's a TV show. That's not going to happen. But, you know, it's like you use logic sometimes, but then not other times. That's the thing that doesn't make sense. Well, the other thing I'm waiting for is when the first entrant and the second entrant come in and they just talk to each other and like, let's just wait and just immediately pummel the third guy. The third. Yeah. 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 I know. I mean, they, that is one they could do. You have a a tag team as the first two entrants or something like that or, or allies of some sort. And then it's like, they just, they just take turns and then you bring out, you know, like six or seven should be some, you know, big star that overwhelms them or something like that. Yeah. Someone who can clear the, yeah. Put Braun Strowman a, in fifth Braun Strowman type, and exactly. just have him throw both of them out. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and then they clear clear out. I was expecting that in the women's, and they never really did it because they got – so the women's, you know, I think it was what, Liv Morgan or whatever, she got eliminated right away. Yeah. But then it like they had like 10 or 11 people still in. And I even thought, okay, somebody's coming out and going to like have – I, I figured it would be Nia Jax. They bring, you know, because they want to build her up as this unstoppable force. She's going to come out soon, and she's going to throw out eight people real quick. They never did that, and it's it's logged. That was the thing with that; like, it took too long. They they took too long to get to the point. The end was great, and the crowd loved the end. But seventy two minutes was too long. Like they could they could have cut twenty minutes off that match, and it would have been fine. Yeah. Or and here's what they won't do because they don't want to have it look like women are less than men. You don't need 30 entrants in the Women's Rumble. Not yet. Maybe if they build up the roster over the next few years and you've got a deeper allotment, but that was pretty much every active woman wrestler except for Asuka and Rousey and Banks was in that. Like, you know, like have some have some suspense to it. Who's actually going to be in? Who are the surprises? There were too many. Yeah. It, it seems like they overcommitted um, to the 30. And by doing it the first year, they were able to bring yeah. back all of these people. Right. Um, right. But they and just this year they had to keep it up. Yeah. Because you can't you can't look like you're being you know anti woman wrestler by cutting it to twenty. But they should have done. They should have started with twenty last year. I, I mean, and again, I I know why. I know the PR reason for it. But strategically, the match would be more entertaining if you just did twenty. 
Yeah. Um, I agree. But like you said, never going to happen. It's not. It's not. Not, not in this uh, realm. And, and again, I mean, I was – it was notable how entertained people were by the women's wrestling, which, again, I compare to, you know – I went to Royal Rumble in 2013, and I don't believe there was a women's match on the card. Um, and, and no one missed it. You know, it wasn't like, oh, there's no women's matches. Um, so times have certainly changed, and they've they've put a lot of resources into building up that women's division, and it's worked. And it has gotten over. And, you know, like I said, Becky Lynch is the hottest thing going. That Becky Lynch-Rousey interaction on Monday's Raw was the best part of the show. Most of the show I fast-forwarded through. That part was good. Yeah. Well, there's going to be more opportunities for pro wrestling breakdown, although I yes. probably, honestly, let's probably not on the well, recording. We're, we're on the road to WrestleMania. I'm not sure if you if you know that, you know, from the pointing at the big sign there, but that's where we are. We're on the road to WrestleMania. I'll say it again and again and again like they do on TV. I mean, it feels so. like I'm on the road to the NFL draft before the Super Bowl's over, <laughs> just like they're on that's the road true. to WrestleMania before that's the... True. yes, yes. Um... But we'll be back. There's ASU basketball. If you made it this far, congrats. Thank you. Right. Uh, right. But there's ASU basketball. There's Super Bowl wrap-up. practice. Spring, spring ball starts like on Wednesday. It starts on Tuesday, I Tuesday. believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's coming up. Uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.